0: This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you.
1: Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Okay, so, Madigan. Hi, Welcome to the first day of Pride Month. Thank you for welcoming me, Keegan. You're so welcome.
2: (laughs) Well, of course, this is a month that we always celebrate here at Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, and we have lots of fun stuff in store for this month. Is there anything that you wanted to say, Keegan? I kind of cut you off there via Zoom. No, you're good. I was
1: just going to say basically the same thing. We've got really fun stuff this month. We've got stuff planned. And it kind of coincided about a couple of weeks ago on Netflix. They released a trailer and this trailer actually made its rounds on Um, my social media and particularly um, my worst date we have a Facebook group and a couple of people posted this trailer in there because that's all about dating and love and this movie is about love and I watched the trailer I remember watching it I was laying in bed it was like the first thing I watched when I woke up and I was crying yeah I watched it at work and I was crying Yes, so I was immediately, I showed it to Anthony, and I was like, we have to watch this. Mm -hmm. And so then, um, when we were discussing what we wanted to do for Pride Month, you brought up that we should talk
2: about this movie. Yes, I had actually, I watched this movie last week. Max and I were going to watch it together, and i have been kind of bugging him, and he wasn't in the mood for it, so he eventually was just like, you know what, you really want to watch it, you see it, we can always watch it again together another time. So I watched it when I was at work one day, when I had my little lunch time, or whatever. And... I had a lot of feelings about it. So, when I was talking to Keegan about wanting to uh, talk about it for Pride Month, I'm glad that I now know that she has feelings as well. So, I'm excited. I'm excited to tell this amazing love story, first and foremost. And I'm also excited uh, to discuss a bit of something that Keegan and I both really uh, love, and that is the art of filmmaking. And storytelling and I feel like there are some great parts of that in this story and there are some not so great parts. So should we get started? Yeah, let's get
1: started. So first of all, the movie we are talking about is A Secret Love, which is a documentary. I had a secret love. I loved that's that music in the beginning. So, it was so perfect, it, and it was beautiful. It
2: explains Terry and Pat to a T. It
1: it truly does. And this story it's the story of a lesbian couple who kept their relationship a secret from their family. In particular, um, they did have friends and things like that who knew that they were out, but their family did not. In fact, their parents both died without ever knowing uh, about their relationship. They kept this a secret for
2: seven decades almost. So yes, 60 I was going to say years. this relationship started in the 40s. So that yes. uh, that's an important factor because that is the reason That they never told anybody.
1: Right. And I did see that this was filmed in 2009. So it has been over a decade since this
2: was filmed. They actually filmed, uh, I believe, for a number of years. Because there is one time that they say one year later. And I believe there's another time jump at the end that they don't specify. Yeah. Um, I would say it's probably about a two-year span that they spent Filming, right? At least. Yeah. So we open in St. Charles, Illinois at Pat and Terry's house. And Pat is on the phone with Terry's doctor. Now, I'm just going to kind of describe these two women really quick. Just so off the bat you have an idea of a, and a picture of them in your head if you haven't seen this movie. So, Pat is not your warm and cuddly type when you first get to know her. She's a little more guarded. She's going to say how she feels. She's and I love that. I loved Pat. She's amazing. She's the Keegan in the situation because she's going to tell you exactly how she feels but but truthfully and with kindness, she's not going to be rude, but she's going to say exactly how she feels. And she's also incredibly protective of the people that she loves. And then we have Terry, who's kind fucking of... Fucking
1: the most adorable, though. Th- I have to say, the, the number of times I kept saying to Anthony while we were watching it, I was like, Terry is so fucking cute. She's so like, cute. oh my God. She
2: has the bluest eyes I've ever seen. And she just... Radiates positivity. This woman is something special, and we learn more and more about what makes this woman special. But just off the bat, you know, she's more timid, happy, positive. People are drawn to her. Pat is a little harder to get to know. So we start the movie. That's part of what
1: makes them a good couple. You know, you can't have two softies.
2: Yeah. Oh my gosh, they wouldn't work. So Pat is on the phone with Terry's doctor. And she hands Terry a phone so the three of them can all be on together. And the first thing we see, and I was very confused about this the first time that I watched the movie, is Pat referred to Terry as her cousin. And then Terry referred to Pat as her cousin, saying, yes, my cousin's on the phone. So I was like, wait, am am I seeing her cousin or am I seeing the woman that she is with? Like, it totally threw me off my game the first time I saw it. And... The second time I watched it, I knew, because they men- they mentioned it later in the film, I knew to look for it, and I had a deeper sadness for it, because they referred to each other as cousins their whole life. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, so they were on the phone with Terry's doctor, because she Terry has Parkinson's, and... Uh, it was
1: very apparent. You could see yes. her shaking, and as you watch the film... Um you can see that that becomes more pronounced throughout the couple of years that it took them to film this
2: definitely def- both of I mean they're they're old women you know both of their health uh we see deteriorate a bit through this film so right. and
1: and Terry is obviously older um she's clearly older by a couple
2: of years in her I believe is she's also- I believe she's older by 4 years Yeah, and her health is also deteriorating much quicker. Yes, definitely. So they are both from Canada originally, and Terry is very, very close to her family, and they really, really want uh, Terry and Pat to come back to Edmonton, Canada and look at some nursing homes and be with the family now terry is very open to this that part of it
1: is is understandable like that part of it is understandable for me i'm like i get it mm-hmm. you love your family member you want them to be close to you but it should also be said and i think that it should be said fairly early on um that this uh, the person who made this film the director of this film is terry's great nephew yes so it's Terry has a very, very close niece named Diana who is very prominently featured throughout the film. And this film was directed by her son. Yes. So... That kind of gives you a good... Knowing that, which I didn't know going in that that was the case, knowing it now, um, you can very much tell that that is the case because this film is very, very, very centered around Terry's family. Well, and that's Um, my biggest
2: complaint because... um, I'm glad that you mentioned this, because I'm going to mention this at the top, because it's part of the bone, the many bones I have to pick with this film. So originally, when Terry came out to her great nephew, uh, he wanted to tell this love story. And that's when they started, you know, getting all this archival footage together and creating this film. And then when Pat's, or sorry, when Terry's health started deteriorating, and there started being all this stuff with the family, he changed the story. And I think that hurt him a lot. And it,
1: it, I think it hurt him a lot and you definitely see that and also I would say you know both of us having watched the trailer for this film uh, and crying at the trailer and all the things and thinking oh this is going to be such an incredible love story um, I think that was misleading. It was incredibly misleading. The And it, look the story is, is interesting and profound in its own way. I just feel like he lost his
2: messaging um, somewhere along the line, he was trying to, uh, tell too many stories and he was trying to get too many points across. He was trying, absolutely. he went in trying to tell a love story and he ended up telling a story basically about a family who has a history of some severe homophobia, uh, basically coming to terms, uh, with, Their aunt being a lesbian in in different ways in these different family members and also the women getting used to being out with their families. But it's also about them and this battle over Terry's attention and putting them in a home where they want them to be. It's very controlling.
1: There was definitely that feeling. But I mean, I would say it is. I don't know. It's complicated. It's very obvious to me that he started from the perspective of it being a love story. Because you do get that. Yeah. You do get that. You definitely sense that this is a couple that loved each other. Um, You definitely sense or love each other. And you definitely... Uh, get an understanding of the obstacles that they had to overcome Mm -hmm. uh, in order to be together. He did do some interviewing of um, experts, you know, talking to people who were around at the time. For like five Um, minutes
2: total. But it wasn't
1: enough. It wasn't enough because at the end of the day, like you said, the focus of the film really really shifted yeah and that really did hurt it because it should have been the focus should have been on the two of them and it wavered yeah it
2: wavered a lot yeah it was very clear that this was a straight nephew (laughs) it was it was it was a straight guy trying to tell the story of his
1: right and it's, it's difficult because it was produced by ryan murphy right who is a gay man and so I think having that name attached to this story really makes people think that it's going to be something incredibly profound. Oh, yeah, and exactly. I still do feel like the story was worth telling. Yes. I really do. Yes. I think it's fascinating. Terry was um, a member of the All-American Girls baseball team. You know, if you've mm-hmm. ever seen A League of Their Own, yeah. she was um, a member of one of those teams, which is fascinating. Yeah. And she was a lesbian, and all of that is Good enough. Incredible. It's all good Um, enough,
2: you know? It's good enough. We didn't need
1: all the family stuff.
2: Right, but unfortunately we still have to cover it because we are recapping this documentary. So the family is urging Terry and Pat to come to Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And Pat is like, no way are you getting me to the frozen north. And Terry
1: being which is the... Th- really saying something from somebody who's from Chicago. Because it's no, fucking she's, cold she's in Chicago. From, they're both from Saskatchewan. They moved no, to I Chicago know, together. No, I know, but they've been in Chicago oh, for like 60 yes. years. And to say like, it's too cold. I'm like, you're in Chicago. It's fucking cold in Chicago.
2: Which should tell you how cold it is in Edmonton. Go further north, man. You're gonna get even colder. It's crazy. So, But Terry, being the sweet nugget that she is, she's just like, I don't care where we are as long as we're together I'll be happy. So she's just a sweetheart. So well, and I did get a sense that Terry did
1: want to be around her family. Yes. Like that I did get that sense that she she wanted to but she also didn't want to upset anyone. So she told Pat that she was happy with whatever and she told her family that she was happy with whatever. Yes.
2: You know. So we are about to meet Terry's family and I would call this for me, it was a bit of a jarring introduction. There's something about like the—I think it was like five or six of them huddled in a circle with this very extreme peppy positivity that gave me the creeps. And we meet the number one pepster, Diana Bolin, and I—I I have a love for Diana. Or sorry, Diana. I have a love for Diana, but I do have feelings about her. Um, right. She. I would say
1: I liked Diana.
2: Overall, mm-hmm. I did like her overall. Um, I I just think that it was she actually had a very great story arc. I've got to say her her, but and some of it isn't even seen on the screen, and we'll talk about it later. But I I, I like Diana, but I do have a lot of feelings, and Diana is Aunt Terry's. Niece. And it's made very clear by Diana that she did not have a great relationship with her parents. And they don't really bring up why right away. And they they get into that later on in the film. I was trying to get those notes up there and it just wasn't well, they working. They still don't
1: really talk about why she doesn't have a good relationship with her mother. Like they discuss why she has a bad relationship with her father. True.
2: Yeah, and she says about... Terry was very clearly a mother figure to her. She was, and she even says, I owe everything to her. And then she kind of gives a look and makes it a point to say, and only her. And Diana had only found out that Aunt Terry was gay three years prior to the making of this film. So... It really is. It's still I feel very much uh, a weird culture shock almost for her family to kind of get used to it. And Terry. Yes, very clearly, I think it was a
1: weird culture shock for them, which is strange to me because I don't know. I, I feel like there had to have been a degree of willful ignorance there because I'm like, this is a woman that your aunt has lived with for decades, has always been there.
2: For you know all what family I mean?
1: at family events at all family events comes to visit all the
2: time. Why was it such a shock for you? Like well, even it if is you interesting know, it is interesting because Terry and Pat, when they were young, Pat does say that Terry's father said that he wanted to adopt her. There was before Diana was even born, there was this closeness in the families with Pat. So I wonder if that's kind of uh, which I what understand. they thought.
1: Which is fine, but to me, I'm like, okay, so maybe you didn't know. Maybe there was something in you that, like, was resisting that idea for whatever reason. But I also am a little confused as to why it was such a shock. Like, really, it never occurred to you. I mean, it did occur to her because she did at one point ask... Mm-hmm. Her aunt Terry, if she was a lesbian, her aunt Terry denied it because she was so scared and nervous, yeah, um, about coming out. Yeah, she. But I also don't understand the family being so like, so shocked. Yes, like this is someone that your aunt has lived with. This your auntie Pat, as you call her, uh-huh. has been in your family your whole life. Why is this so weird? Yeah, and it's for you. And
2: it was so heartbreaking. They they go to an interview with Terry after you know Diana is talking about. When she came out to her and Terry just says, I didn't want to lose her love. And Terry said to Diana after she came out to her, said, you can go back home and tell the other kids if you want. I don't care. But you were the one I wanted to know. And it's it's really so touching.
1: It's touching, but it's also very sad. I mean, we do a coming out episode or we have done a coming out episode the last two years that we have had this podcast uh we've had great stories we've had devastating stories we've had everything under the sun Mm -hmm. and hearing this woman who has been living as a lesbian woman um with with her partner for decades 65 years at that point
2: but at the start of filming
1: Oh, yeah. But I mean, and then she had told Diana a few years before. So probably she'd been living with Pat for 61 years yeah. or something like that. Hearing her say how nervous she was, hearing Pat say, you know, Terry's hands were shaking. I had to hold her hands mm-hmm. in order for her to tell this member of her family who is like a daughter to her, who gave her everything, who loves her unconditionally, to hear her have that much anxiety... It's heartbreaking. It's so
2: sad to me. Well, and we get into why that fear was so instilled in her. And I think that this is the answer to the questions that her family has and they're just not willing to see it so we meet Diana's brother Kim Bolin who would be Terry's nephew and he talks about uh, their father who would be Terry's brother and they say that he was a drunken homophobic cheating father who raised him to believe that being gay was a sin and Diana's father used to say something and this is a huge trigger warning like with bright neon yellow shining light trigger warning I don't want to say this this, but it is disgusting and I have to, Diana would say that her father would tell her that Terry needs to get fucked by a big black guy to set her straight. And then she makes it a point to say he would say that all the time, sober, not drunk. So to me to say it's not like he was just drunk and angry and saying things. He was telling his child who thinks the world Of her aunt and thinks of her as a mother, a child that you've also raised to believe that being gay is a sin and a horrible thing. You're telling her these negative things about her aunt then and kind of creating this negative image of what that could mean. And you're also being fucking racist (laughs) and like very it's very threatening. Like the intent behind it is very threatening. A delight. Yes. It sounds Um, like he's like she needs to get raped is what that sounds like to me. And I know that, right. and again, well, that's and racist. But like, that's what his intent probably a, was.
1: It's such a problematic view of homosexuality as well uh, to say that people are gay only because they haven't had sex with somebody of the opposite gender. It's it's very, I I don't know. It's, it's very, very small minded. I mean, it's really when it was said in when it was said in the documentary i remember feeling like what the fuck did i just hear yeah. and then and then she goes on terry goes on to talk about her parents mm-hmm. and while her father was an incredibly like loving and open man who she says you know she kind of indicates a few times that it's possible that maybe he had some kind of idea maybe not overtly right. about well, she, her situation. She and her
2: father were incredibly close and he was uh, a major role model and focal point in her life. And really she, she, I believe, feels that he's kind of the reason she is the way that she is. She wells up when she speaks about him and they talk about drinking booze and partying and I have a feeling and, and that he knew.
1: A, I do too. And, and her dad had a very soft spot for Pat mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, loved Pat deeply you know and then she talks about her mother who it's she loves her mother she says that grandma i loved rosie. my mother you know yeah grandma rosie i loved grandma rosie but or not grandma rosie for her it's as her a mom, mother but you know but what the, i'm saying the but nieces
2: all say grandma rosie so that's how i have right. her in my notes
1: she, she loves her mother but she does say if my mom had known, my mom would have disowned me, yeah, that's the kind of person that her mother was. It's the kind of environment that she grew up in. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know, it's it, it's tough. yeah, it's really tough. And the person that kind of starts bringing this up is my least favorite human being in this movie. And she might be one of my least favorite human beings. I shouldn't say on the planet because there's a lot of bad shit happening right now. But, like, she's in my top 50 list for sure. We meet Tammy. I can't stand oh, Tammy. Tammy.
1: How dare she share a name with my mom? I know,
2: right? It's so cruel. Horrible. So, Tammy is...
1: But she's Tammy with a Y. She, Different breed. Completely
2: different. Like, I'm Maddie with an IE. Like, I can't relate to the Maddies with Ys. We're completely different species. (laughs) So we meet Tammy, and Tammy is Terry's other niece, Diana's sister. There's a lot of family members involved. I'm going to try to keep y'all in the loop. Tammy, Bolin, it is the Bolin family. All right. So she starts out by saying how much she loves her Aunt Terry but that she feels betrayed that Terry didn't tell her sooner. And I was like... Way to center yourself, you I piece like, of shit. I was like, girl. And then she has the audacity to look at me and say, have we lived in a lie? Look at you. Look at me. Had the audacity to look me in the eye and say, have we lived a lie this many years? And I, like, this pissed me off the first time, but the second time when I was, like, really paying attention and really reading subtitles and taking notes... I had to pause it and I just started journaling essentially because it's – it's bo- it boggles my mind that somehow the sexuality of her aunt was so important to her that that must be a sole part of her identity that she felt so offended and betrayed that one part of her aunt's life was not shared with her. When Literally, how does it change the relationship that you had it, with these people at all? It doesn't. It doesn't at all. These women were not faking their love. They were not pretending with you. They love you and they were being themselves. And they don't owe you shit. They don't owe you anything. They could have died with never telling anybody and that would have been their right and you need to accept that. Fuck Tammy. I don't like her at well, all. Well, and she goes on to say that they needed to get married at this point now that everybody
1: knew because living in sin was a bad thing. Yes. They, these women have been together for 60-something years and let's just disregard also the fact that this wasn't even an option for them. The option to to legally marry wasn't even on the table for them yeah. until a couple of years before this documentary was filmed. Right. Exactly. So it's, Why would you even... Why would those words ever come out of your fucking mouth? Well,
2: and it's so... This woman is so bizarre to me because she jumps around because I feel like she catches herself and realizes that she's being filmed and she's saying shit she shouldn't be saying. Because then... I I got that too. She she immediately... So they kind of go into like... That's when they start talking about Terry's relationship with her mother and father. And so we start to understand why Terry probably wasn't so open about talking to her family about her sexuality. And then Tammy completely turns the car around and whips a Yui around and she goes you know who really should be buried here looking at grandma Rosie's plaque which is grandma Rosie uh Pat and Terry she goes her husband Jack should be here not Pat and Terry and then she says they should get married they're living in sin I'm like whoa 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 like what what are you trying I don't like she's trying to make too many points none of them make sense and none of them are well, it's, Intelligent it's interesting, points. you know,
1: because, again, I didn't know that this was filmed by a family member until after I watched it. And looking back on it now, it's interesting to me because I do think that Tammy said things to her nephew that she probably wouldn't have said out loud to a stranger, mm-hmm. to another filmmaker. I don't think she would have said that thing about living in sin, but she felt as though she was in a safe space because she was talking
2: to her nephew. Exactly. Um, You do see her backtracking a lot and kind of checking what she's saying, but she said it and he kept it in. He could have, he could have edited that stuff out to make his family look better. And he didn't edit anything nasty out.
1: (laughs) No, he didn't. And I do wonder, um, well, maybe there was stuff that we didn't see, but I wonder how much um, influencers say Ryan Murphy had
2: as a producer. That's a good point. I wonder there if he were, got to
1: look at the footage or not. There were
2: other producers. I don't know. You know, I always wonder when there are these big-name producers and executive producers, how involved they actually are. So it would be interesting to... No. So at this point, we've met uh, most of our main players as far as Terry's family goes. And now we start kind of talking to Pat about her relationship with Terry's family. And she, this made me really sad because I loved Pat immediately. Like I, I would meet Pat and immediately want to please her and make her like me. That's the type of person that she seems to me. And she has this sadness saying that Terry's family just kind of puts up with her because she's with Terry. Sorry, there's sirens going on outside. But that made me really sad because she was brought into that family with open arms. That's how she was, you know, introduced. And now, you know, this next generation and everything just don't seem to really understand. And there really is a lot of jealousy that we're going to see between Diana and Pat yes. in particular. And so we... Well, all of them, I think that there's, yeah. there
1: is a very weird... And I don't want to say this because it, closeness in a family is wonderful. Right. And I hope that you have closeness in your family. And its it does seem to make Terry very, very happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's lovely. I love seeing a close family. But there is a possessiveness. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that same possessiveness would have been applied had terry been in a heterosexual relationship
2: right i think they probably would have thought that the man would be able to take care of her i didn't even think about it that way but you know this was an interesting dynamic for me to see because we do see this more this diana pat and terry triangle that we have going on kind of fighting over uh terry's love and it's just really interesting it kind of seemed to mirror a lot of the ways that like my Family relationship was like I feel that my dad was very jealous about my relationship with my mom he wanted my mom very much to himself so we had this bizarre relationship as well and kind of seeing them talk about each other this way was really interesting for me to see and the biggest point of contention here is that Diana wants Pat and Terry to come to a nursing home in Edmonton Canada So they decide, they go and they look at a place and the whole time Pat just looks pissed. We already know she doesn't want to be there. It's too cold and she's like lagging behind. Diana's like holding Terry's hand, which I was like, girl, let her wife or not wife yet, like, take care of her. Like, it just seemed weird to me. I was like, let her do something, you know? I, I can kind of see it both ways
1: because I do understand, like, when you have a close relationship with an older relative, you don't always necessarily like include the spouse on that if you're holding your grandma's hand or something like I that guess so. like that stuff I, I get it, but Maybe I will it was, say it. It was cut in such a way that when when it was cut to that part, it was literally right after Diana had said, "I feel like we're in
2: competition
1: for my." Aunt. And I was she just literally gonna, says that, yeah,
2: and that's why I was just gonna say. I think I was tricked by the filmmakers. So it's funny that you just said that because it. They totally did. They were like, "Oh, look, Pat's lagging behind." Because I was like, "What a bitch!" Like, Pat, come on, girl. So, but well, I mean, but it it could be either thing. Who knows? Like, if that's a dynamic that's always
1: at play, then yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, and you can't fault. I don't know. You can't fault Pat for feeling like she doesn't want to be around that all the time because you don't want to always feel like the odd person.
2: Well, and Diana is not involving Pat in the love. And and that's what bothers me. It's not so much that she's giving so much love to Terry. It's that she's not including Pat. Um, So they're looking around this nursing home. And like I said, Pat is clearly not happy with it. And they're discussing, you know, the the living situations with like the head of this assisted living center. And they're asking a lot of questions. And they bring up the fact that they're a couple. And they want to make sure that the community there is going to be okay with it. And the woman working for the assisted living center is like well you'd be the first ones but if you walk down the halls everybody says hello <laughs> it was the okay. most candid thing i ever heard and then you just see pat's I mean, face like that means fucking shit they don't know we're a couple yet <laughs> like
1: see i love pat in that way because i don't like uh you know i don't like, the idea that because people smile and wave at you, that they're not homophobic. Yep. Well, because people use that excuse as well for racism. And, like, somebody can smile to your face and still be a racist piece of shit. Yeah. So, it really doesn't say anything. And I understand that the woman who worked at the nursing home, that was her job, mm-hmm. uh, was to try and sell them on being there. Um, but I don't... I think we need to refrain from assuming people are not homophobic just because they're friendly, right?
2: And it was just—it was such a Canada, and her like they all say hello. It was so Canada, and I was like, what an what a ignorant way of thinking. But I love that when Pat comes to the defense to be like, you know, we're not going to pretend that we're not a couple. Essentially, is what she says, and I love that Terry steps in and says because we are a couple, and then Pat's like, and we've been a couple for many many years yes you know like like this is important to us
1: you don't hear you don't hear terry again she's more submissive in a lot of ways she's a lot quieter and you don't necessarily hear her voice it like that um as much throughout the film like pat is very much you can very much tell that pat is like we don't have to live in the closet anymore. We don't have to be these people anymore. We can get married if we want now. Like, she is very much wanting to push them oh, yeah. into the future. Pat and is very Terry, of the Times. Right. And Terry, not that she doesn't, yeah. not that she's ashamed of their relationship or anything like that, but she is far less vocal. Mm. And so it is nice to hear her say that. It is. Like, in that moment to say, like, we are a couple. Yeah. I want you to be very clear before we move any further into potentially being in this place. Mm-hmm. We are a couple. Oh, it was a very... And I love that, again, Pat is so, like, um, defensive. And mm-hmm. in, in not, I don't mean that in a negative way. No. I mean, she's protective. Yes. In that, like, she's like, I want you to know we have been a couple probably longer than a lot of the other people
2: here. You We've know been what I mean? We've been than than a couple longer than you've long been alive, time. bitch. Like, right, you know? exactly. So, and then, so this is the first time that... Um, Well, maybe the second time that Diana starts to piss me off a little bit because she has the audacity, another audacity situation to basically call out Pat in front of this nursing home worker and be like... Because the the workers saying, like, oh, well, you're throwing up tons of curveballs, which she's not. She's asking really good questions of things that she needs to know if she is going to live there for potentially the rest of her life. Right. You're asking her to uproot her life from mm-hmm. somewhere she has been for six decades. Yeah. And then Diana has the audacity to say to this woman that they don't know, well, I just don't think Pat wants to live here because she doesn't want to share Terry. And that, to me, was very inappropriate. It did not have to be brought up in that situation. She wasn't even saying it to Pat. She was saying it to this stranger, and that just felt icky to me, and I didn't like it.
1: And it makes me wonder, you know, because I am trying to center this conversation while we recap this this story. I, I want to center this conversation around... Um, you know... Terry and Pat. Homosexuality. Yes, I'm sorry. I'll try not to get
2: too off-topic because it pisses me off. No, no, no. (laughs) Because
1: these these are the things that happen in the movie, but I, I, I wonder if... I wonder if Diana maybe is responding in this way... Because she hasn't fully wrapped her mind around the fact that they're a couple. Okay. Because she's only had this information for so many years. Like, what do you think about that? Like, do you think that she would have responded this way if she had known all along? Or do you think it's a matter of, like, she doesn't look at Pat fully like a spouse?
2: You know, I think I think those are both really good points that could potentially be true at the same time. That's a really good point.
1: It, it makes me wonder because I do wonder if this was a man who Terry had been married to mm-hmm. for sixty something years, would her response have been the same? Would she have been so dismissive? I don't think or, so. Or even if she, this had been Pat, if Pat had been Pat, but she had known that they had been a couple for so many years, would she be so
2: dismissive? It's right. I don't know. That's I a, wonder. That's a really really good point. Um, But I love that we get back into the love story after this. We have a great flashback. We're back in Chicago. We see young Terry and Pat, and they are the cutest things ever. There's footage of them on the beach, and they have these... Can
1: I say how much fucking footage they had? It's amazing.
2: Like, so much footage and so many pictures. From, like, the 40s and before. Like, it's insane. I don't have, like, my dad was born in 49. I have very few photos. I have no video of him to my recollection anywhere. So it's amazing. And it's, they're all farmers, too. They don't have like tons of money. But they they recorded everything.
1: Yeah, I mean, we have lots of I, I have a family of farmers and we have lots of pictures, but we don't have a lot of video. Yeah. And they have a lot. I mean, and part of that I think is because Terry was a baseball player uh-huh. and so you get a lot of that footage but there's footage of the two of them together yes quite often. and there's
2: there's some very like what would be very scandalous footage at the time intimate yeah yeah, and
1: intimate photos as exactly well. i mean not like not like nudes no. or anything but the two of them in bed together exactly
2: so we see them in this cute footage and they're on the beach and they're wearing these hats that are like kind of reminiscent of party hats but made of like fabric and they're kind of goofing off with these hats and playing at the beach and i love the part where i think it's i think Terry puts the hat on Pat's butt. I think so. I couldn't, too, I yeah. was pausing it and trying to figure out who it was. And I was like, this seems like a Terry sure. thing. And she puts, and Pat's like laying on her stomach and you can't see her at all. And she just places it on her butt and they kind of like tussle with each other. And Terry just falls back laughing. And it's just like, you can see their love for each other. And it's just so fucking beautiful yeah and then they come back
1: into you know kind of like today they move back into today Mm -hmm. and that whole part they're kind of like talking about their romance and how things happened and then they come back into today and they are going to a dinner party with a couple of friends of theirs who are gay men jack and john jack and John. i love them who are gay men it's super fucking cute yes um they're having dinner and they're discussing basically That they created their own family. They They went to Chicago where they could, they moved to Chicago in part because they could not be themselves in Canada. So they moved to Chicago together and they found their people. They found their people. And it was so... Kind of beautiful to watch. They they showed all of these pictures of these parties. I want to go to those have.
2: parties. Those because they were saying we didn't go. You know, they get into the bars and the bar raids, which we've covered on um, past episodes during Coming Out Month. Um, so we could definitely get into that. But I don't know how much we want to get into that on this episode. But the right. I mean, I'll touch on it very quickly.
1: So. At the time, in major cities especially, and they were in Chicago, Mm -hmm. if you were um, gay or lesbian, they would raid these bars that were known to be gay or lesbian bars. And for the women, if they didn't have a certain number of pieces of female Quote unquote clothing on, they would be arrested for impersonating a man. And for the men, they would oftentimes be arrested, and also their names would be printed in the paper, uh, and they could lose their jobs. They could have their children taken away, and that goes for women as well. Um, so it was a very dangerous time. And for Pat and Terry, they were Canadian, mm-hmm. so they could not afford, they were here on green cards, they could not afford to lose their green cards. And so the two of them never went to bars. Yeah, They would find friends and they would have parties and they would say it was all about the parties. The women would be able to get up and dance together. Yeah, um, And Jack and John
2: hosted a lot of these parties and it was really fun to I see I love the Jack and John so much. I do want to give a brief shout out to good old Marge Summit who we meet and she was a bar owner for the bar His and Hers and I just think she's so witty and wonderful. She talks about how she was never caught because she would hop the fence and run for it, and I just thought I really she was gutsy she,
1: There was more of that, like th- that's what this movie was exactly for me, is because you're going down this path of being like, Oh, it's gonna be this kind of movie, right? Um, where we're talking about like. They're interviewing people who were there at the time and they're talking about the difficulties of being in the LGBTQ community and the things that they went through and why it would have been so important to Terry and Pat to keep their relationship a secret. I really wish that there had been more of that in this documentary. I feel like that's the direction that I really wish that this documentary had gone in. And I think that's the direction it was going to go in. They were interviewing experts. They were really focused on their lives as lesbian women in this time and why it was so important for them to maintain this facade. And that is what was interesting to me. There were other things that became interesting to me later as the documentary went on, but I really wish this had been that kind of story, that kind of love story. And after this point, um, you know, they veer away from it some.
2: They do. They kind of go right back to, you know, the regular scheduled programming of this film. They give you a couple minutes of, you know, really great stories in filmmaking where it's relevant to the original topic. And then they're like, just kidding. Um, yeah, but they do talk about, I do want to say that they do talk about the two well, I was of them gonna getting say, together. Oh, sorry. They do come back. Yes. But I was just saying in general, it's like they're doing great stuff and then they jump back to other things. But we do go back to present day where they're having their dinner party with Jack and John, my best friends. And they are talking about the idea of marriage. And their friend Jack seems to be very eager to marry his lifelong partner. And John's kind of like, I don't really see the point in it. And Pat's the same way as Jack, where she's like, I would love to get married. And it's funny because Pat doesn't seem to be the emotional one, though we find she's this very sensitive poet. But at this point, we don't really know that yet. So she's this like, I want I want to get married Person and Terry's like, why? We don't need it. There's no reason for it. You know, right? But what we do know about Pat is that she
1: is very eager. I think to live her life authentically as a out woman. True. Now that she can, I think that she really wants that. Whereas Terry, I feel like Terry is a much more like a, a people pleaser, less likely to rock the boat, and I think she feels more like
2: if it's worked this long. Why
1: do we need to change anything?
2: I Yeah, I understand it fully. And it's a a thought that I've had about marriage in the past as well. I don't really feel that way anymore. But when I was younger, it was just kind of like, well, if the relationship works, you don't need to prove it to anybody. But it's just about your own personal preference, you know? And they're in a relationship where two people feel two different ways. And so they have to work through that. And I do think that Terry also,
1: even though her family knows, I still think that there is more of a fear of judgment.
2: Yeah. Than Pat has. Pat doesn't give a shit anymore. And we see, you see when Terry starts to change her mind. It's kind of, I don't think it's a coincidence when Terry changes her mind. And we'll see that in a little bit. So this is when we start to meet the amazing terry donahue the baseball player we've mentioned it a few times so when we first see her or we mentioned the fact that she was a baseball player a few times and when we first hear this mentioned, she's uh showing her baseball cards and she's signing all these baseball cards and she was talking about um the fact that she was part of the original all-american baseball league and she was one of the first female baseball players and People get really excited when they hear that she was part of like a league of their own. And so when she pulls a signed baseball card out of her purse, it makes them really happy and excited. So she's like, I make sure I always have a stack of them in my purse just in case, which I think is the sweetest thing
1: yes it's actually it's so cute because what she says is you know a lot of times when people have like a stack of signed headshots or whatever it feels very self-serving with Terry it's very clear that it's about bringing joy to the other person like that's what she said these little cards have brought so many smiles to people they have Um, and it's so fucking cute
2: and I think, and honestly, more than the cards, I think it's Terry that brings a smile to people's faces. I think that the card is an added bonus in memory of that time, but I think that she could steal anyone's heart at any second, you know? So back in the 40s, baseball scouts were starting to scout through the U.S. and Canada looking for the best softball players. And lucky for... um Sorry. And lucky for Terry, they were coming to Canada. That was something that she wasn't expecting. And Terry has loved to play ball her entire life. She talked earlier in the film about her closeness with her father and she mentions uh, playing baseball with her brother she grew up during the Great Depression and there wasn't much to do so Terry would play ball with her brother who would like she's like he would throw me grounders and make it as hard as he could because he wanted to see me fail and that made her really good and like want to be the best that she can be so a scout came to Saskatchewan when she was 19 and then she came to the US when she was 20 all by herself to Wrigley Field I believe they said to do these tryouts. And during these tryouts, she gets hit really hard by a ball on her eyebrow. And they're trying to pull her off because she's, you know, this girl who got hurt. And they're like, let's go get you some stitches. And she goes, no, put a bandaid on it. I'm going back out. I'm not finished. And I'm like, yes, girl. And you see a photo of her with that patch over her eyebrow. And she's in position ready to catch. She was a catcher. And it's great. She ended up being signed with the Peoria Red Wings and touring and playing with them for four years. She was never traded. And yet she was had an incredibly successful yet short baseball career. And that's amazing. I mean,
1: it's truly amazing that there could have been a documentary all about that, which, again, Again, I feel like the filmmaker, and maybe it's because of his proximity, his relationship to Terry, Um, he wanted to do her life justice. However, it really takes this documentary into a new... It it shifts focus in a way that I'm not sure is totally helpful. Like, not that it wasn't fascinating or wonderful to hear. I'm so glad that they covered that. But as far as telling a love story... They went into so much depth in that that I really right. do feel like it pulled focus. They did manage to pull it
2: back and incorporate they did, incorporate yeah. Pat back into that conversation. And, um, and they did and this was the first time that Terry had ever heard of a lesbian. That was one thing that I'm glad that they brought up. So they were talking agreed, about her baseball yeah. career and she became like best of friends with this woman named Betty. And Betty kind of came up to her one day and was like, Terry, I don't know if you've heard but there are these girls out there and they like other girls and they're coming for you. Like, that's how it sounded like this girl, Betty, was talking to Terry. Well, and that's and they would Terry actually interpreted it as well, clearly. They would push the dressers against their doors. They would hide in their rooms and lock th- themselves away. Like, she was so afraid because she had never heard of this before and she was made to believe that this was a thing to be afraid of, you know?
1: Right, yeah. And so... They're discussing this whole thing and then they talk about, to kind of like move it back into the love story, they they talk mm-hmm. about how Pat and Terry ended up meeting and getting together, so... Terry Yay. was something like 22 and she went back home and she was playing hockey in yep. Canada. They were playing together and, you know, things kind of took off
2: from there. So they played a few days together and then mm-hmm. it became... Can we, can we say really quick that the rink is in a place called Moose Jaw? Moose Jaw. Yeah, they're from had Moose, to Jaw. Add it. I'm s- Moose Jaw. Moose Jaw, I had which to add is the it. most Canadian name I've ever heard. It's so Canadian. So I'm sorry,
1: continue. No, you're okay. So they... <laughs> they ended up meeting and it was very clear on both ends, actually, I think it was, it was fairly mutual that this was kind of like it for them. And it was interesting to hear Terry tell it because Mm -hmm. she was saying like, it wasn't anything I'd ever considered at all for myself before. And it felt Mm -hmm. very much to me, like maybe if Terry had been around today, maybe she would have classified herself, uh, as more of like a pansexual where it's like, it's Maybe. not necessarily about the fact that it wasn't women in general, it was Pat in particular. You fell it, it in definitely love with the person. Yeah, and yeah. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not attributing, you know, anything. Well, but she to her of course but she
2: but she did fall in love with the person. Right, she did. Right, because that's
1: what she said she never had an, attra- an attachment or an attraction to anyone besides Pat. Besides Pat. So it was yeah. just like she met Pat and it was Pat. And like that was it. It was it. Was it. You know, yeah, exactly. and Pat felt
2: the same way. She wrote they her did. this beautiful letter. Can I read it? Can I read it?
1: Wait, it's not the one that they read later.
2: No, it's the short one. Yes, yes. That Terry just quotes. So she, I don't, this must not be verbatim because Terry just quotes this or she's read it so many times that it's memorized. But Pat says to Terry... I'm a reader, and I read a lot of stories, but I've never known where another woman had loved another woman. Above all things, I hope it's mutual. And then Terry says, she's like, all I wanted to do was just turn around and run back to her. And it was just, it's it's like a movie. It's beautiful. Like, that's That story and some of the other stories to come in these letters, that's what I wanted out of this movie, that feeling exactly. I got when I heard Pat, Absolutely. or when I heard this story that Terry told. It was so... Beautiful. And this was when they kind of started had to, having to start sneaking around together a little bit. They joke about checking into a hotel with nothing on them to kind of like get rid of suspicion and just stayed in bed together the whole weekend. And there's bed photos. There's bed photos galore of the two of them in bed in this movie. <laughs> they loved taking photos in bed together. They do talk about some of the relationships that these women had with men in the past and it's not important to focus on and that was another kind of weird thing that i feel like they focused a lot on their past dating life but terry was with a guy named bill from peoria and um pat almost got married at 18 and pat has an interesting background with her love life because well not
1: just her love life
2: her whole life like people around pat die a lot well and she is constantly getting engaged, and then all of her fiancés die. So, men stay clear of Pat. Like, I think well, there yeah, might be an issue. Well, and not just men,
1: her parents. Like, yep. she, a lot her of brothers. people. Her brothers. She was one of um, seven children. She had one sister and five brothers. And
2: four of those brothers died. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, and one of them. Tragic. Uh, yeah, one of them was in World War Two. Two of them were in World, world War Two. One of them was a pilot, and he was actually done with his tour for World War Two, and they borrowed him for one more flight, and he got shot down over Germany. Mm-hmm. It's a horrible, sad, sad yeah. story. Yeah, and then her
1: mother died, and then her father remarried, and then her father and her stepmother
2: died. So Yeah, and they were kind of assholes, too. I actually uh, tried to Google this train accident because her father and stepmother died being hit by a train. And I was like, I wonder if there's like an old timey article or anything written about it, but no, I couldn't find anything. Um, Oh, I love the story that Terry tells that her boyfriend or fiance, whoever it was, Bill would travel with her to the baseball games, but Pat would as well. And, They would sleep together in a hotel room, Pat and Terry, and Bill would have to get his own room, which I think is really funny. Again, there were clues, people. We could have figured this out. Right, but
1: that could easily have been explained as like men and women did not cohabitate at that time. That is true. you would stay with your girlfriend. You know, I think that that they used all of that stuff to their advantage for sure.
2: Yeah, exactly. So this is when they bring up um, that Terry's father felt a very strong connection to Pat. And I think that was probably another thing that brought them closer together because Terry has such an intense love for her father. So the fact that he loved Pat that much as well, I think brought them even closer together and when pat lost her parents terry's parents kind of stepped in and gave her that love that she'd been missing her whole life Right, and they they also do
1: talk about whenever they're you know they are kind of bouncing back and forth between the past and the present and they're interviewing pat and she's saying you know a few years ago so probably when her and terry had been together for something like 60 something years she said i i decided i wanted to tell somebody so she told her brother uh, and she was very very close with her brother and she told her brother that she and terry were a couple and that they were considering getting married and her brother immediately said this will hurt our family don't tell anybody. I don't want you to tell anyone in my family. Do not get married. It would
2: damage our family, essentially. Well, and and it's interesting that he's saying family, 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 when the way that Pat is telling it, she's like, this is my only family. Like, my brother is my only, like, close relative. So right, it's interesting. I, mean, I think he was talking
1: about his own family, like his children. Oh, no, children. I
2: get it. I get it. Yeah. yeah. But it is. It's just heartbreaking. So let's move on to Tammy's song. Can I sing it? If you want, imagine that I'm playing a guitar like a ukulele. Like, ding. Then she's playing like G D G right, she, D. Over she knows and over like again. two chords. Yeah. Yes, and she's like, I wanted to write a silly song, but I could only think of a love song. It's really
1: awkward. Hi- it's I hate so that bad. Shit. So
2: everybody's just sitting around a table, and she's sitting at a stool, and she goes, "You are my love." I can't sing it anymore, but it's "You are my love." You are my love. So many years together, many more to come. You are my love. And then it repeats and repeats and repeats. And if it was anybody else, maybe I would have been like, "Ah," but it's Tammy and I hate her. So I was really upset. Um, but it has a really strong effect on Terry. So it's kind of worth it. This might have been the moment that she realized that she really had her family's support in this because she says, I think after that song, we will get married. And everybody starts jumping in like... I want to be a bridesmaid. Can I be the best man? And everyone's so excited. Then Terry suddenly turns to Pat and she goes, can we do that? (laughs) And it's so cute. Pat's like, of course. And they kiss and it's just, it's beautiful. Like I hated how it happened, but I love that Terry finally felt that she had the support of her family that she was so longing for. And she finally feels that she can make this relationship official. You know, it's great. So now, before we jump to a year, we do see Terry doing some of her exercises. And we don't need to talk about this because it's not important. Again, it's 10 minutes. It didn't need to be in the film. But you can see when she's working out that she is still an athlete at heart. She goes 110% with her physical therapy. And it is inspiring. Um So then we fast forward to a year later and Pat tells us that Terry's health is deteriorating and Diana comes into town. I fast forwarded through this scene this time around. Tell me your thoughts about uh, the conversation between Diana, Pat and Terry at the table.
1: Okay, well, here's here's the thing. All right. So we are running a little long, so I'm going to try and do this concisely. But... This film, it's at this point where the film shifts from being a love story about Terry and Pat into really a story about family and aging, which is interesting. It To me, it is interesting. It's something that we're all going to have to go through. It's just a different story than the one I was prepared to watch. And yeah. what you see is Terry's health has deteriorated greatly. And because of that i do understand where diana is coming from and i also if this was my mother i would be incredibly frustrated so i understand that because diana is trying to get them to make a decision and pat does seem incredibly hesitant to make any decisions which Mm -hmm. is hard because you're like you guys cannot keep living like this She cannot be taken care of in this way. I don't care if you're in a home here or if you're in a home in Edmonton. You need someone to look after you. We have to figure that out. So I understand her frustration. However, the way she focuses herself in this conversation is annoying. I don't know like the yeah. right words to it's, say because and, and I get it. And this felt
2: yeah, and this felt very intrusive to me. Like I shouldn't be watching it. It was very uncomfortable. It didn't need to be in the movie. And the director is this woman's son. You know, it's a very intimate, intimate moment um that I didn't feel like needed to be added to this documentary. He could make another documentary about all of this and I would be prepared well, and it was a little to confusing watch it and understand.
1: because there's a moment, so they're, they're discussing their options, right? And then they go to bed, Di- uh, not Diana, Terry and Pat go to bed and Pat does say to Terry, I don't want you telling her anything. Don't tell her Mm -hmm. anything. And that is what sets Diana off the next day because she's like, why would you keep this from me? I heard you say not to tell me anything last night. And it makes me wonder if her son told her. Now that I know that her son is the director of this film because I wondered watching it how she knew that that was said. And um, so I don't know. It's, 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 I don't know. This movie... It's weird and... No, it's okay. This movie is strange in that way, and I understand the criticism of it in that way because there is criticism. There are um, lesbian writers in particular or other members of the LGBTQ community who feel like this was a misfire, and I feel like the film was a misfire in some ways. While I think it was an important story that needed to be told, and it gave me like warm fuzzies when they were talking about their relationship, it Mm -hmm. went all over the place, narratively. And again, I, I honestly feel like there are only a few
2: points that we need to hit at the end of this movie. Um, I was just gonna say, the end of this movie, we can wrap up in just a few seconds. They do decide to get married. I wanna point out that Jack and John are there. Jack and John are there, <laughs> and it is beautiful. So what happens is, finally,
1: Pat does concede. She understands, she is told... She gets it. And also, this was a conversation I was having with Anthony because Anthony was basically like, why is Pat being so resistant? And I was like, well, listen, when you're old, you're dealing with your mortality. You're having to face that. To me, the idea of leaving your home moving all of your possessions and basically deciding we're moving into the place we're going to die in. That's a hard and very scary decision to make. And so I don't Uh fault her for having that fear. Um, But they do finally decide to move into a place together. They go to a a nursing home um, there in the Chicago Chicago. area. That was the kind Mm -hmm. of a compromise that they had decided on. And, not long after they moved into that nursing home together, did they decide to get married. And it was yes. very cute. <laughs> Their it marriage was very cute. Was it was very, very
2: it was very sweet. It was very simple. They both looked beautiful. It was it was so simple the vows weren't anything out of the ordinary very traditional but it was just a really really beautiful But they made it official moment. and that was it was they lovely
1: did. and they exactly. both admitted at that point that it was the right decision they'd made the right decision for them um to basically go somewhere where they could get help and be taken care of but mm-hmm. almost exactly. immediately after their marriage or at least that's the way the movie made it look um Pat, I think, had some kind of surgery. She was in the hospital. Terry Mm -hmm. was not
2: doing well. And Terry gives Pat the most beautiful kiss on the hand I've ever seen. That's when the tears started flooding. Because it takes her like 10 seconds to reach Pat's hand and then gives the shakiest, lightest, most tenderest kiss on her hand. And it just, uh, tears were just free falling on my face both times I saw that.
1: It's incredibly beautiful. And I do want to say that the love that these two women have for each other is is palpable throughout the entire movie like at one point and this is in the trailer pat is asked what does terry mean to you and she's tearing up and her her voice is shaking and she says she means everything to me.
2: And, and she me, says it so emphatically. She means yes, everything to me. That
1: was It was clear to me that that is the truth about the way that she feels. And, and the way um,
2: that they talk to each other when Pat was sick in the hospital and Terry was like, well, I'll make sure to be real nice to you. And Pat was just like, you're always nice to me, Terry. And it's just, they have this old married couple vibe to them, but... But with a love that I don't think I've ever seen two old people have for each other after being together so long. It's a deep understanding is like Mm -hmm. what it is. It's like, you
1: know, this person. That's what I felt when I watched them was like, these are two people who know every inch of the other person. They know every fiber of that person. And Um, and that was beautiful.
2: Pat was actually interviewed by Oprah and Oprah asked what advice Pat would have for people who want to have a long-lasting relationship like she and Terry had. And Pat says, when you're in a relationship, you better give it everything you've got. You're going to share this. It's going to be part of your life. It's going to be wonderful if you're all in it together. So after we see them, um, they're in an RV. Are they going back to Canada? I can't remember at the end of the movie. They
1: did decide that... um, At the very end, when both of them weren't doing very well, specifically Terry, her Parkinson's has gotten very bad. Yes, that's right. They're um, in Canada. Mm -hmm. That they decided they were going to move up closer to family. Pat decided that this is what truly what it said to me was Pat had decided this is what Terry needed because it Mm -hmm. was very clear that Terry wasn't gonna be around that much longer and if yeah. this is what she truly like wanted or needed was to be around her family then that's what they were gonna do so exactly. they, they pack up their stuff, they get in an RV and they go to Canada
2: They sure do. And that is the end of the movie. But I do have a short update. So Terry passed away March of 2019. So about a year ago. It seems like it's still March. So it seems like exactly a year ago Mm -hmm. to me right now. Um, Pat is now 91 years old and she likes to spend her time at the casino, the movies and playing bingo. And another interesting turn of events, Diana and Auntie Pat are besties now.
1: Right, they became close. I did read that as well. They they worked on their relationship, so it was actually good that they moved back to Canada. They had the opportunity to get to know each other, really.
2: Yes, and Diana even refers to their relationship is a love affair. Like, they see each other five days a week. They live a few doors apart from each other. Pat is very close to Diana's four-year-old granddaughter and loves her. Um, And when Oprah asks Pat what she thinks Terry, how she thinks Terry would feel with the response to this movie, uh, Pat says that Terry would say, I'm glad I was a part of this. And I think she would. God,
1: I mean, the two women are... Incredible. And for as much as I feel like this movie narratively needs a lot of work. Um, uh-huh. And I, I don't think it was some kind of like epic cinematic masterpiece. I do no. think that the figures at the center of this film are so fantastic. And they're stars. The story needed to be told. I do agree. I, I wish it had been done slightly differently for my own personal taste but i still enjoyed it and it still did get the message across that these were two people who loved each other deeply
2: and dearly well and to put this very clearly i've watched this twice two weeks in a row now so if i if i can watch it twice and get so much out of it both times like you know it's an important thing to watch unfortunately there are just some errors in filmmaking and in things like that but you know what it is what it is. It's yeah, a great story. I, I it's inspired I people a lot of people to watch it and draw their own conclusions.
1: And also, it might make people feel less alone to know that, like these people, they existed back then. They've existed forever. You're not alone if you feel like you're going to be in the closet forever. Just know that you don't have to be. There have been people who have been in this situation before, um, and it might bring you some. Peace in that way. Yep.
2: Everybody has to find their people, and I think that's another really great lesson we learned from this movie: is that not only did Pat and Terry find each other and each other's you know person, they also have created uh, multiple really wonderful families together. And at a
1: time when straight out coming and like coming out and saying. I'm a lesbian, I'm a gay man, I'm a member of the LGBTQ community. They were around at a time when you could not do that. So the fact that they all found each other, I think is incredibly profound as well. That they were Mm -hmm. able to build
2: this family, um, I think is amazing. Exactly. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up now because, man, I could have talked about that so much longer and so many <laughs> notes. Keegan, feel free to cut any sections out of this that you feel like just need to go. Um, but I would really love to hear your thoughts. Not Keegan, the, the listeners I'm speaking to right now. I would love to know your thoughts, Keegan. Just kidding. About what you think of this movie. If you've seen it, um, if you haven't seen it yet and you've just listened to the episode, I highly recommend, like I said, watching the movie. But I really want to know what you guys think. What, what do you think of the way the story was told what are some of your favorite moments what are some moments that really bugged you because I think there's a lot of great conversation starters in this documentary for a lot of different reasons and I will
1: also put the um, the one article that I did find most of the articles were actually very positive but I did find one um, that had a lot of critiques that I thought were very valid very valid point Mm -hmm. so I will add that to the show notes if anybody wants to give that a read watch the movie first draw your own conclusions and then give that a read
2: Yeah, exactly. So we would love to hear from you, though. So email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com, or you can direct message us on Instagram at angryneighborhoodfeminist. We have a Facebook group and business page. You can leave us a review on our business
1: page and also just hang out in the group. I post in there every now and again. Um, You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We love getting your reviews there. You can also find us on Twitter at podcast. Y a n f. Podcast. Ooh. Um, you can also listen to us on Radio Public. It is a free way for you to listen and it helps us out just a little bit. Just a little bit. All
2: right, everybody, thank you so much for listening to another episode. With all of that being said, we encourage you to, to rage on. Bye. Bye.